Ah, oh, Mountaineer Nation, welcome back out to the porch. We're ready to go three wide again tonight. Mike, Zach, and CJ, come on up. We're going to talk all things about the big picture state of the program. Everyone's kind of trying to figure out what's going on with Neil. What's the next step there? We'll talk about the disaster names and the sooner nooner. We're ready to go and ready to get, get yourself all ready for that one. We'll also get into basketball on the back end of the program in the last 30 minutes or so. All hoops. We're truly, truly excited for that one. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, fill style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink. Come on back because we're talking all things Mountaineer football and basketball. Oh, yeah, it's coming Friday. You know what to do. Let's go. Doesn't have in four, and that's a signature win. That's true. That's a good point. It is a good point, CJ. Neil yep. terrible. He shouldn't even coach a high school. Okay, well, I'm not gonna Shit, go with that. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let him check on my cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's let's, let's, let's get it. Yeah, going. it's it's a good time to get started. Um, yeah, that, or we're gonna get sent back to Anchor Jail. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Mike, you won't let Neil watch your cat. I wouldn't. Um, the guy cannot handle any responsibility or pressure whatsoever. Let me ask you this question real quick. Here. <laughs> yeah. How does that same guy win 10 games multiple times as a football coach prior? He didn't forget how to win. So what changed? Here's the deal. Okay, so it's 10 wins, but it's 10 wins at a lower division. Okay, so that's probably going to dock you two or three regardless of the situation. And I haven't taken a deep dive into Neil Brown's glorious tenure uh, at Troy University, but it was only two, three years. Uh, that doesn't solidify him as a career winner. Um, he, he wasn't good enough to, to win at this level. He didn't have the recruiting connections. He, he couldn't handle the big moments, and he got outcoached against guys that were more experienced and more qualified. That's how it happens, in my opinion. All right. So, Zach, are you officially off now? Are you officially on the – not off, but you're ready? I just don't see another way around it, really. Only because you would think that if there were any chance at all that what happened Saturday it would not have a chance of happening, regardless of the injuries, regardless of it being on the road – any any situation, circumstance you want to put in the mix, you would not think that Iowa State, despite them being a competitive football team all season, you know, albeit that being the case, a three and five team, bottom of the conference, would not be able to just lay it on you like that. And here's the thing. That was a complete competitive close football game until the fourth quarter. Until the ref punt, roughing the punter. Till the roughing the punter, and then it was just a collapse. Iowa State was the only team on that field from hey, there on out. Interesting that you say that because that's kind of what, if you listen to Neil's press conference today, um, said competitive football game until we had to try and make some plays in the fourth quarter on defense. We played great team defense till then, took chances, and they took advantage of it. Um, but that's the frustrating part because it's – it's, it's a boneheaded mistake at the wrong time, and that's almost kind of been the recurring theme over the last four years. Boneheaded right. mistakes at the wrong time. Very very interesting you bring that up, CJ, because – and this goes to Mike's point that he brought up 
you know, when he first came out here and, and took a big old seat up here on the porch with us about how Neil, it always seemed to happen this way. And he would have let him go after the pit game. Guy in the basketball council on minds, I'm talking to him in the streets of Pittsburgh after after the game, you know, September 1st, that Thursday night. And he calls and says, man, you know, I'm still in this thing. And I even said, man, but it always is, it always is something, right? He kind of said the same thing. And you kind of wanted to brush it off because, well, we had a lot of promise in that game and the offense looked good. You've kind of seen Pitts kind of meh, right? And it's just, you make the point, it always is something. And that's unfortunate. And maybe that's because we're still kind of young in certain spots. And, but man, sometimes the excuses wear thin, right? And so you, you have to wonder is that what he, is that his kind of legacy at West Virginia, right? said all the right things, appeared to do the right things. When push comes to shove, his players never seemed to make the play they needed to win. And that's, so, that's difficult. That's difficult to say because I feel like he's a good guy. And I feel like he's a good – you know, I feel like he's a great man and he's built. he was building something that would have been very um, promising and I think a source of pride for the state had he been able – to do the most important thing that you have to do, and that's win games. But he couldn't pull that part of it off. Well, he All couldn't right. pull that part of it off, but I, and I also wonder this too, and this goes to a point Mike's made numerous times, is I'm wondering if he'd have hired staffing-wise better if that would have been a big turn. Because I'm wondering just how much of maybe some of these guys position coaching-wise and coordinator-wise are – over their skis. Hey, hey, you know, I, I don't necessarily – I get where you're coming from there, right? But let's also think, this isn't necessarily the same staff that brought came in here with them either. Um, I mean, Siler took took the defense coordinator job at ODU. Vic Coney got shown the door for, for reasons that, you know, we'll, we won't touch on now. Um, and that, that crashed your staff, right? Absolutely crashed your defensive side of the ball, which is where you were laying your hat. Well, Leslie, Leslie did a good job for a couple of years, and then this year we're kind of undermanned, and it's proven and shown that that's the case, right? So I, I don't think if you stat, the coaching staff looks any different, that really changes anything. I think the situation remains the same regardless. Quite well, frankly, I think if you look at it, the stack of cards that Neil Brown was dealt I'm not sure how well some of our most successful coaches in history of the school would have done with that stack of cards. Okay, but think about it. Let's say he doesn't tap Lasley as the defensive coordinator. A die stays. Do you have the departures on the defensive end that you had? Maybe. maybe Hey, but here's the thing, guys, and you're probably right about that, Zach, to say hell no, right? But it's all ifs and buts. Exactly. It, it and, is it is all ifs and buts, but and I've said it now for two years, I don't think Moore's the right offensive line coach because to me they haven't gotten better. Here's the thing. We've talked this to death in every aspect. At the end of the day, West Virginia is now at the basement, at the basement of the Big 12 with the most tenured head coach in the conference. And no wins left. No, no, no. <laughs> Not the no. Oh, Gundy. Coach. I'm sorry. Besides yeah. Gundy. Excuse me. Besides <laughs> forget Gundy. about old Mike there, man. How can I forget he's about that? He's 40. How can I forget about that 40-year-old? Five or something like that. So Exactly. But you yeah. know what I'm saying. I'm with you. I'm with you. 
So, Blaine, here's my opinion as to part of the reason that we got to the point that we are currently at. I, I, I was looking through my Twitter thread the other day. I was bored at work, and I looked back to a tweet from, I believe, last year where I responded to the West Virginia football program after posting the Nutrition Athlete of the Week. Letty Brown just did a really good job getting his calories in that particular week. I really don't know what it means. I don't care. But he won Nutrition Athlete of the Week, and they had a beautiful graphic just showing it to the world. And I responded. I was like, what in the flying F is this? This is why we aren't winning. I don't know how this matters or what the heck this guy is even trying to get at. And and when you talk about doing the right things and 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 this promotional idea that, that you have to tell everybody how good of a job you're doing, that's part of the problem. It was a propaganda marketing scheme from jump with no real payoff. Hey, we got the best class ever this year. We were ranked 28th. We were ranked 33rd with this other guy. It was all fake. There was a lot of sizzle, never even a nibble of steak. And 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 that's, in my opinion, what happened. It was just never real. Do you have, do you, have you guys seen Friday Night Lights? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. There's, there's that season where JD's dad is the coach, and it's as if the Dillon Panthers aren't even the Dillon Panthers anymore. I feel like he hijacked the Mountaineers. I don't feel like it's our team and our program anymore. I think it's it's all just brand name. We walked into Walmart and we bought a head coach. Okay, well, Mike, let, let me ask you this. Because then I almost felt like he kind of had to come out with some of those, like, look at our recruiting class things. After Dana left going, you can't recruit kids there. Like, I almost feel like he got painted into that corner. That's a good because Dana came out and said you can't recruit high end kids here, and he wasn't even freaking trying. Like you let a kid go to Tennessee that was in your backyard, like walk out the door because you couldn't take the trip. Uh, I mean, I understand that aspect of it, but I mean, I'm just looking more at the fact that the recruits that he did get haven't panned out. No, and I, and I think that, that that is definitely a complete fair conversation. I mean, I, you know, I mean, but I almost feel like he kind of got painted into that corner of, hey, look at what we're recruiting here because you had basically two weeks of Dana going, you can't recruit there. That's why I left to go to Houston. Like, it, you almost kind of got forced into having to flex that a little. Uh, I, I, all that matters is – And maybe overflexing it maybe at this point. Uh, you know – that's a uh, it's interesting, an interesting point, CJ, that you bring up about him almost having to do that. And I get that. I also understand what Mike's saying. Like there was, a, I think there could have been a little, maybe a better balance struck there. That's difficult to to really, yeah, oh yeah, and, and and needle down anyway, right? But in the end, guys. You have to have that mantra. You have to have that slogan. You have to do something different with the program. But, Mike, I do get what you're saying, that that it kind of always felt like he was trying to promote and promote and promote that this is different. We're different. This is going to be different than what it is. I do think he didn't hijack the program. I thought he did a very good job of trying to get back to what West Virginia was about. Um, 
under like the Nealon and the Stewart years different from Dana. Although I don't think he had to distance himself as much from that as he did. Although he didn't at the same time, right? He was much more welcoming of former Dana Holgerson players than a lot of coaches are to the to the players that just came from the former staffs, right? But in the end, the point is made, and I think you kind of you, you kind of bring it up. There always was that question about the substance of Neil Brown from the get go. We were kind of real vanilla on offense, and we blamed it on not having players. Now we have some players, and we still seem to be re- re- really, really vanilla on offense. And if hey, you go I, back and you look I, at the Troy team, we have players. And the thing is, you look exactly. I'm, I didn't hear you exactly there, man. We, we um, don't. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What'd you say? We, we don't have players. See, I, I don't. I'm necessarily, not necessarily sure about that. You think about it, C.J. Donaldson, a great player. J.T. Daniels this year, pretty decent quarterback. I not think you can win with him. Last month. Not, not as of the last month. He was atrocious Saturday. He was, he was terrible. That's an Iowa State defense that's very, very good, though, fellas. That, that doesn't mean that you just self-destruct. He was 8 of 22 passing for, I think, like 81 yards. It, yeah, I mean, it was bad, but I also think – some of that comes down to to game planning and stuff. I don't know how many how many times he ended up in real good positions to to try and really do things. It it, it felt Blaine's kind of right vanilla. Like it almost felt way too conservative. It felt like he kind of you were putting your your offensive line and and your quarterback in very tough positions. I mean, <clears throat> when you're constantly second and third down and long, I I don't know what you're supposed to do. Hey, is it fair to say, I think, and I want to kind of hit this point. Um, we've had a lot of penalties of late and all year, really, and in the Neil Brown era in general, which has definitely hurt us. We don't have, we haven't had the, the greatest of quarterbacks. We've been a little vanilla on the offensive side. And so that's always kind of put us behind the eight ball. But I thought early on this year, it felt like we kind of were a little different, right? And now we seem to be, trending back to what we were. I I don't know. I do want to get one, one thing in here real quick, Zach. I want to hear from you about what we've said. And then also talk to me about Garrett Green. I know you want to I know you want to talk about that a little bit, right? Obviously I want to talk about Garrett Green, but I'll start about, you know, what you all were talking about first. Give myself a chance to breathe before I go into that. <laughs> so deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> so I uh I, I'm in agreement with you to a certain extent, Blaine, saying that, you know, the offense seemed like it would be somewhat of a strength early on, at least compared to years of Neil Brown prior, years of Christmas past type stuff. And it was pretty rough early on for, for Neil and his offenses when he was running the show. And, you know, to his credit, whether he was forced to do so or not, it could be definitely argued that he was forced to give up the reins. But, you know, most head coaches probably wouldn't be willing to do it, but he did, and they got um, they got Harrell to come in and make, do the play calling duty, and things looked like they might be on the up and up, coming coming along the way we would expect, trying to get the offense to match what we'd seen the defense to be. But in the past few weeks, it's been it's been really weird. Like even like TCU, the offense was okay. You know, running game was solid until Donaldson got hurt. 
Offensive line was solid. TCU's defense hasn't really been much to call home about anyway. So that might have played into that. But it's just – and I don't even know what it is. Like, Daniels doesn't seem like himself. He almost played against Iowa State like he was hurt. Like, he was just making terrible throws, bad decisions. And I, I don't really know what the answer is there. There's no comments about him being hurt. Hey, hey Zach, I don't I'm going to say – I'll say this real quick about, about the Daniels performance, right? We haven't really hit on this game because this is definitely a more big picture situation here this week than what happened at Iowa State. But Will Greer, I mean, the best quarterback that we've had in the last decade here, looked almost as bad, if not worse, than Daniels did on Saturday against that defense. And supposedly, from folks that are down there in Ames and follow that team, this defense is the best version of it that they've ever had. They just don't have any offense this year to go with it. So and I don't disagree with that, but there were throws that he had that were simple underneath routes that were completely off target. I mean, you can't really explain that away. No amount of wind or defensive, you know, fortitude should make you miss eight-yard in routes. I, I call single-A high school football games, and uh, I'll, I'll watch teams lose 50-some, 60-some to nothing, and, and their quarterbacks have about 81 yards at the end of the game. I mean, that, that, that's horrendous. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's It, it, it was Jarrett Deggy 2.0. It was rough. It's just completely. It's completely. I mean, you want to say I'm I'm with Mike on this. Daggy put up over 300 yards last year against Iowa State. Granted, it was at home, but he he torched them. I I don't have any explanation for what happened with Daniels, and you know what it is. It is what it is as far as the last drive of the game where Garrett Green took over. Whether Iowa State's regulars were in there, I don't know. I would. Stand a, stand a reason that they weren't, you know, them not really giving full effort at that point in the game when it's already sealed, sure. Green moved the field or moved the ball down the field with relative ease. Whether Iowa State was given it their all or even had their first-string guys in there or not, it was effortless. His throws were sharper. He was getting out of the pocket, which that's one thing that Daniels just can't really do. Once he gets forced out of the pocket, if he throws on the run, it's it's bad news. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Garrett Green should take over for Daniels. There really isn't an answer at this point. <clears throat> I think if you're going to make a change, because your season is unsalvageable at this point, you're obviously going to try and spin it to where if you went out, you get to a bowl game. The chances of that at this point are slim to none at best. So I think given Crowder and Nico some chances – to show what they've got in actual game circumstances wouldn't be a bad idea, but Neil has no reason to do that. There's no reason for him to try that out. Is there? Well, what's the argument for not doing it? Uh, His only chance to stay is wins. And okay, are they going to help you win more than Daniels? I, I, I don't I'd know. I'd also say being fair to Daniels because he's probably still the best quarterback and you brought him in here to play him and in this transfer portal era now I feel like you've got to kind of you almost have to stand by those types of things maybe people didn't do it in the past I don't know if you guys remember the old NCAA football games back in the day like if you told too many kids things and you didn't do it your, your rating would go down as a coach you know so like being a Brian Kelly right um 
you get that reputation. So you, you don't want that. And we can't have that in the portal. And I'm going to have to be as attractive as possible. Now, I think playing them in certain spots, absolutely. Right. Right. Especially if the game gets away again. But if it's a competitive game, I think you owe that to JT Daniels because some scouts would be like, oh, Oklahoma film and gravitate toward that. You didn't probably know it's a bad defense, but still, that's what that's what you got to have. And who knows, guys, the way he's playing now, is he really a pro prospect? Or is no. he coming back again? He might be back here next year as well, and that's going to be real interesting. Yes, it will. And coming in, we discussed that. Like, coming into the season, we discussed that being a possibility. What would happen with I, I, I don't Nico know and others? I, I don't know about you guys. My understanding is that we were getting this stud kid from Arizona that was going to help flip the program, and he was the next big thing. Like, can for just once in our lives, in, in Neil Brown's life, can we just make the aggressive decision and throw this kid in the fire and see what happens? If he's our, our biggest hope, our, our best shot, let's just see what we got. What do hey, we I'd love it. What I feel at? you, Mike. I'm, I'm down to happen? see it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with Mike on this one. I mean, I get that, you know, mathematically, oh, we could still make a bowl game. But the reality is, is find, find me a win on the schedule that's left. Just at this point, I, I get, Neil, you're probably potentially coaching for your job, which probably at this point is already done. You know, for guys, me, I don't know about me that. Go though. out there, see, see what happens. I mean – Worst case scenario is, is you get beat by thirty. Okay, well we've seen that already. We we have. I mean, you might as well. I think the point to bring Nico in is is definitely a valid one and one worth looking into, along with Green as well. But also, you, you're going to let Daniels play some too and see what happens. Now, if he performs like he has in a couple games, maybe you pull the trigger a little quicker. Right. Okay, well, I, you know. I think you pulled the trigger now because I don't think uh, screw the. I understand what you're saying about the transfer portal, but I don't think. I think if you coach scared of it, you end up in this because. I mean, CJ, let me ask you this question though, real quick. Okay, but let's be honest about the, it. He kept Deggy in there way too damn long, and be, people already know once he settles on a guy that that's it. So I mean, it's not like he's going to affect his rating. CJ, are you at practice? I mean, do you know who the best quarterback is? Let's be real, right? Well, they probably know J- JT Daniels is probably still running that offense better than the other players and gives them a better chance to win that game that day. If he doesn't okay, perform, but now we, okay, okay, but then you go to point, Green or you go to somebody else. But that's, that's okay, what you but do, right? Some, and, then, and then eventually – at some point, it becomes about building for the future. And let's be realistic, Daniels probably isn't. There's no guarantee he comes back. He could hit the portal again. If we're about what? building toward the future, they wouldn't have brought him in, in the first place. Hey, guys, there is no future decision. anymore. It's all about the now because the portal has changed it all. It's literally season but to you season. You talk about basketball. It's but you can't like... coach scared of it. And and here's the other part too of late. it. I, I don't want to too hear. late for that. Well, yeah. It's too late for Neil in that. Yeah, That's but, what I'm saying. And Neil's but, still at the helm. But here's my thing is – and. I, and I don't want to hear the practice thing because that was what the argument for keeping Pat White out of the lineup was, is he wasn't practicing as well as Bednark, and there was no doubt who the better quarterback was once he hit the field. Put Nico out there. See what the hell happens. See what this kid's got. I'm with Mike. You touted him out when he committed. You did the whole freaking video with the Heisman Trophy ceremony in it. All right, now it's time to put up or shut up. He's either the guy or he's not, and there's only I'm not one way putting to find too much out. Stock and stuff like that. 
the video in fairness they did it to every recruit in fairness they did to every recruit they signed that day so every program does yeah yeah but i don't know if you can here's the thing i don't when you're talking about it being the quarterback position damn i would love to see what nico can do but neil has proven that he's not gonna make that call that's what we're after. That's what we're talking about here. What's going to happen? Not what should happen. It's not going to happen. At first, I thought that JT Daniels was this cool, calm, collected guy, and nothing rattled him. Now I'm wondering: is is he more of a Jake Cutler type, where it's like I'm not sure if he cares? Is he disinterested? Is that his personality? Is that, that why he's th- on his third school? I've had that thought. That's I hadn't had that thought till you guys just put it in my head just now. And that's yeah, interesting. That's interesting. I, I interpret it differently now that his play is declining and we're losing. You, you know, and that's an interesting point you bring up about that because you think about how good he was at Georgia when he was undefeated there, right? His freshman year at USC, obviously, battling as a freshman to win games, it's different. And it's tough to say competing. But his performance has declined as the team has kind of went down in the hopes and the possibilities of the season, too. That's... That's a really, really interesting point. I think he's probably that's probably not necessarily the case, but it also it's tough not to seep in when you're three and six, and you kind of know, all right, well we're playing for three more weeks, and then we're gonna have an off season and see what happens again. I mean, it's 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 definitely human nature to some extent. Yeah, I mean, I think it is human nature, but I mean, I, and I think to to the larger point though is is I. And we said it is, and, and Mike said it, you know, once Neil picks his guy, that's that's where he goes. But I, I don't think you can be, as a head coach, scared when you look at it and go, okay, he's not performing. We need a spark. Let's do something. Let's do something different. Let's put somebody else out there. Like, at, at some point, you have to be willing to pull that trigger. And through four years, we haven't seen that. And, and I think those are decisions. That's why head coaches get paid the big money they do. I mean, you, you've seen guys do it. Hell, Nick Saban did it in a national title game. Hey, CJ, time out real quick on that. He did it for Tua. We're doing it for Garrett Green. That's not even a comparison, bud. Okay, but here's my thing. If you're going to do it then, Nick would have done it any other time. Hell, I go to Dabo Sweeney, what he did with Kelly Bryant when he pulled the trigger for Trevor Lawrence. And I get it. We're talking about a Trevor Lawrence get generational talent. I, I get that. But at some point as a head coach, you have the pulse and go, all right, something here isn't right. Something isn't working. We're going to give this, we're going to try and give this team a spark. And you know what? You bring the other guy, you bring Garrett Green in or Nico in or Will Crowder, and it doesn't get the spark. At least you showed me, hey, I'm paying attention and I'm trying to spark this. Not just I'm going to keep trudging the same crap out there and pray to God at some point it clicks again. Neil Brown wouldn't know a spark if it hit him in the face. I don't <laughs> want to transition too, too far. <laughs> so if he had a sparkler, you're saying uh, if he had one of those sparklers on 4th of July, he wouldn't know it was there. We, exactly. and we, uh, we, Mike, I think he would. I, I, I don't want to start. He would, man. I, I don't want to start turning the wheels too fast on this conversation, but Ultimately, you know where it's headed as it pertains to Neil Brown. Um, hopefully, the end is near. Hopefully, the witch will be dead soon. Oh, but man. The whole time everybody's talked about Neil Brown 
and who may soon be the sacrificial lamb, Shane Lyons. Nobody's really looking at the real decision maker, E. Gordon Gee. What's he going to do on this? Why is he tolerating losing? <sighs> That's interesting. I mean, he's That's he's a football kind of guy, but what'd you say, Zach? I said that's a rabbit hole all in itself. Like that, we could go so deep in that, and whether or not it extends beyond Neil. Like the way I see it, I don't think as an athletic director that a bad hire will kill you. But when you make an extension like this and you double down, like Micah said time and time again, and it completely backfires, now, that's that's pretty damning. Hey guys, it's, let's it's let's, damning, let's think about this. If you can't. It, especially if the next hire doesn't work out. I, th- I think that's Shane's nail is if, if let, let's say you pull the bandaid the end of the year and you kick Neil and you go get somebody else, that's going to be Shane's last hire. If oh, it's absolutely. not, unless it's, you know, out of the ballpark type hire and it, and it wins. Because as an athletic director, you're well, going to get. Well, if it is, then that's good for us anyway. So correct, but I, but yeah, I mean, because I, I think if if that happens, Shane's doing the coaching search of his of it for his job. Okay, let's get off the of Shane lines, guys, because in my opinion, that's not what this is about. Now the buyout is bad, but also everyone was saying it's well, not Jimbo Fisher bad. This guy, no, it's not. But here's <clears> something else too. That buyout goes down to sixteen point seven million next next season i think we have to entertain the idea here that he's coming back possible i think it's gonna happen i think we i think we almost think about it this way did we think this team was going to be worth anything when all the all the defections happened from a lot of the dana dudes mesador before jt daniels came in we thought it was gonna be pretty rough right it ends up being that it is we were kind of already ready for this. We should have been ready for this. We got our hopes up to some extent because we got this quarterback. We thought, all right, let's go. We're going to be a lot better. And we have some swing games that we're not, right? But now we're sitting there, and there's a possibility that it is going to occur. And if it does, then it goes down another $4 million, right? And if and I think at that point in time, that's when it happens because you're literally going to pay him 20 Point seven million dollars not to be a part of anything, not to go to work. In this economy, he's he's gonna have to go to work, guys. He's coming back. Yeah, but what good does it do to sit and wait a year, and then you're stuck picking through the rebel of who the hell do you want? Well, like, I think it happens every I, year. The I, I coaching lateral so- thing will happen every year, guys. Now, yeah, Green, I don't know. I just I, I like this year's class of guys. Here's but. my thing. If you're into the conversation of, well, if we wait until the buyout goes down, you've already made the decision. Why wait? Well, but also you give them another year to see what happens. Maybe you win a few of those games this next year that were swing games that you didn't find a way to win this year. You build a chemistry within. You continue to, you know, supposedly we're getting these good recruiting classes, right? You bring back a C.J. Donaldson's. Maybe you have some retention in the program instead of guys just continuing to defect. And potentially, then you end up having a thing that kind of works next year with Nico and everything, and it kind of – the vision happens, and we just had to go through a real, real lull in the climb to get there. 
I'm so trying to be a salesman here, guys. Five, five year plan. You're saying it's a five year plan. Year five, it hits. Okay, maybe but what happens? Maybe year if you five, you go eight and four, and then in year oh, six, you're ten God. and two. It's a possibility. Oh. Okay, but here's my question. Let's say you, you do that, you go into the offseason, and you have the defections again. Like, let's just say Nico hits the portal, Donaldson hits the portal, Daniels hits the portal. Like, you could have a bunch of these. Charles Woods hits the portal. Like, then what do you do? Now you're stuck because you can't fire a coach in August. Well, I mean, you could. I mean, you but... could. The Manhattan basketball coach got fired two weeks before the season started, guys. I don't okay, think but... it matters anymore. Okay, but do you really want to do that? Well, like that that that's almost the white flag before you even put the ball in the air, guys. Like, there's no doubt that ugh. if he gets, even if he gets fired this year, he's not going to get officially fired till January first, because that that's in the contract. So, I mean, it's it's a reality. But he's coming back. He's going to be our coach. And we better hope it's better next year. And then you got to hope that these recruits that we've continued to kind of see we're getting in terms of the rankings of the classes pretty good. And maybe you finally win with them. Maybe you get, maybe you have Harold really has the system working next year. You're a little more experienced on defense. It's the people, the state is going to have an uprising if, if, if they do not fire this guy, especially if it's three and nine. Or even if it's four and eight, in my opinion, it should. I be mean, one. and and then the other thing, just financially, you look at the twenty million dollars. Yeah, it's a lot, but the the attendance is already dwindling. That's a good you point. Think Mike. about half a stadium losing half a stadium six do, times a year. Do that, we think that's, that's probably going to end up costing you more? Do we think? That, do we think it's there? Do we think? Hold yeah, on. And that's yeah, a good question. That's, are not that's a really good question. People are not going to come out to watch that. I'm going to be interested to see what the attendance is these next two home games. And that might ultimately impact things. You're exactly right. And I'll I'll tell you this right now, guys. And I know firsthand knowledge of this, that when when this coaching change happens uh, back in the day before Doc Holliday came down to Marshall, he was – the coaching change occurred because of attendance. Purely attendance. It was his best year that he had ever had. But the numbers were dwindling so much that they made the move. It's a business to some extent, too. Oh, no, it's not to some extent it is. It, it flat out is. It, all, well, now it is, especially because it's NIL. Well, it's not even trying to hide it anymore. Well, I mean, he, here's the reality of Student it. Student athletes, you know. Student athletes. Oh, that is brilliant, sir. But at the end of the day, it's about my business. And if you're shamelizing Gordon Gee, the athletics department is a business at this point. It, it makes money. It's a business. You're not a, you're not a 501 C you're not a charity. These guys like Neil Brown, Graham Harrell, these coaches understand that this is a profession and this is a business and this is a job. And when you don't perform, you, you get let go, you get fired. It, it happens. But unlike a good 70% of the businesses out there or employees out there, you don't have guaranteed contracts. I get fired tomorrow. Guess what? I don't get paid. I just get fired. I, I don't have any additional money coming my way. I don't have a severance package coming my way. It's just, thank you for your service. Bye. So these guys get rewarded slightly for that to go away in the case of Charlie Weiss, who's probably still getting paid, but they, they, they get that. And that's a part of it. And, and I think, that that's the hard reality of it, but that's kind of where it is, is I, I want to see 
if, if you're going to do it, then do what's best for business and cut it now. Screw the the difference in the buyout. If, if you've made up your mind, just pull the Band-Aid and do it. You, you, you With the boosters and everything, I get it. It's harder. It's West Virginia, but find it and get it done. CJ, who, who was worse, Neil Brown or the employees that you fired? Hey, CJ, I don't know how many employees you've been firing. <laughs> yeah, that's. I want to know more on that too. Also, are they are they part of the listener base? Out here? I, I I fired somebody because they fell asleep at the front desk. Yeah. That happens. But you, like legit, yeah, fell asleep. Uh, yeah, like they're yeah. No, I've I've unfortunately been in this position, and I've had to do it sometimes without an HR staff because I've been the HR staff. But it was so much easier when I could send them to Blaine and let him fire them. <laughs> yeah. Dropping hammers, guys. Dropping hammers. But I mean, that's just to me. That's where it is. This to say it is kind of a business is no, it is, and it has been for a while. I think people just now are starting to really open their eyes to that. So, I guess we squash the. I mean, it, and that's that is that is totally the facts of it, right? It is a business. It's going to come down to that. If the attendance is good the next two weeks, Neil's got a much better chance of being around. It'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday. Do we have a over-under on how many people we think are in the stands? Zach, are you there? I'll be there. One of 35,000. So that's your number, 35,000. I, I can see it being 42, only because Oklahoma's over. last game in the Big 12 against us, I would say. I think that's really going to prop it up. I think you're right about that. It's got me very much wanting to make the trip still. Okay, but let me ask this question. The, the announced attendance and the real attendance, are those yeah. numbers ever even really close? Oh, um, That's all you got to go off of. They're supposed to be. and I, I know they're so. supposed to be, but, I mean, let's be realistic, too. It's very hard to gauge a student section attendance. That is the fact. Yeah. That, there are, how many there of are games. Tickets actually go in. There are games, to me, where the, it's reported low 50s upper 40s and and just bird's eye view it looks half um and and that that is not now mike here's one thing i think you need to think about real quick though yeah you're on the press box side that side is always less crowded than what's below you you're right about that but what i will also say is that there are definitely not forty-five to 50,000 people there in the second halves of games this season you're very true about that and, and, I mean, financially, I guess that doesn't matter. But just from a culture standpoint, good teams don't have that problem. You know, interestingly enough, you're definitely right about good teams don't have that problem in, in big games especially, right? But student sections leave early a lot, a lot of places. It's, not if, not if it's your wild. team's good. Not, not at you, Alabama. You, you say that, but they're during the rich days and, and – Student and they also make the student section Emma sit in the upper deck. Yeah. Um, may, maybe the slight upper right corner. I spent one game in the student section just because I had to, and uh, it was the game that we ruined Major Harris's legacy by just stinking up the field. It was miserable, um, and it wasn't the best place to watch. Hey, it wasn't any better from the 50, Mike. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you that. So, hey, I'm going to go with – I'll say we have about 50,000 there because it's supposed to be a good day. It's been a great – going to be a great 
weather week, right, leading into it. So it's to still be kind of crisp, fall-like, noon kick. You can still get on with your day afterward. Oklahoma, last game in the league. People were really excited for this before you still got your tickets. If people aren't wanting to buy them, people will probably maybe still use them or give them to people. I think there'll be a good crowd there Saturday. I think reported 50,000, actual 38,000, in the third quarter, 27,000. Mm. <laughs> I I actually would say probably reported 55, actual more like 48. And then fourth this- quarter, I'll go with about 39 and a half because it's still going to be competitive. If they report 55,000, I'll be shocked. Okay, now I think there might be. This yeah, isn't you... senior night. This isn't senior day, is it? No, I didn't. I didn't think so because I didn't have the schedule right in front of me. I, I would say thirty-nine five. Wow. I just I, I've seen a lot of people trying to sell and get rid of Oklahoma tickets. I, I I think a good portion of the fan base right now is just frustrated and done. Wow. I mean, I think it's it's definitely true, but. Wow. Yeah, you're right, Zach. It's not going to be 55. It's not. Not even. I mean, close. that's, it that's probably, not too far off full capacity. Probably 50. Yeah. I think, I think when Mike said 50, 52, something like that, that's more like it as far as what they report. Wait. I'll, ta- I'll, stick, I'll stick with 42 as far as what's actually going to be there. Yeah. Hey, but if the right 42 are in there that are ready for it that day, that's all that really matters. Hey, if. If he can manage to get them a win against Oklahoma finally, I'll be ecstatic. Well, you know, that was his big selling point in the presser this week was about how hey, That's the only thing he's got. We've oh it's the only thing he does have. We've never done this in the league. Never done this in the league. Yeah, you you, you gotta sell your kids somehow on this game so important and this is one we gotta worry about and get ready for, right? So hey, what do we think is gonna happen Saturday, guys? We haven't talked about the game yet. And and I will I do want we will get back to the Neil Brown stock market and we'll all throw our coaches out there because we've all got a couple that we've kind of been thinking about. We know it. I know Mike's probably thinking about more than anybody. Well, what are you up to now? Are you up to like a top ten? I don't really have much movement on mine. I'll, I'll let okay. you okay. Okay, I'm, I'm excited to hear it later. And I know CJ, you told us you got one that's going to just make our jaws drop. Yeah, I got one we have not talked about that I think will surprise you guys. And then Zach. No, okay. All right, cool. Hey, it's good. We can still judge a little bit too. It's fine. That's, you know, we don't have to all be the creative types figuring out the coaches to come in. It's not our job to do, right? (laughs) I can be creative about other things. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. Talking about basketball. aren't in my MO. But that rule would be nice. I'm with you on that. I he's, like that. He's resuscitated the program before. Very much a fan of the Matt Rule deal. What do we think happens Saturday, though, guys? We coming out playing hard? We laying down? I mean, Oklahoma's I think, okay. They're not great. We're at home. We should play well, right? Hey, they lost to Baylor at, at home. We beat Baylor at home. So, transitive property coming up once again. We can beat Oklahoma. Spreads eight. Yeesh. Minus eight for for the Sooners. Renee He's point dog. pretty on point for us here recently. Yeah, they really have been, right? Except for Texas Tech, but that's, you know, who could have actually predicted that? Um, 
I think I think the pride that they'll have to have to finally beat Oklahoma at home, like that's going to have to drive them because they don't have much else to play for right now. Besides no. just going out there and playing, which I, you know, you would like to hope is enough, but these circumstances aren't the most ideal, to and, say the least. And also, you could say playing a traditional powerhouse program in Oklahoma obviously would probably get a lot of people amped as well. It'll move the needle, yeah. Yeah, so that I think the motivation factor will be there for us. They're it, it, also it, it, still playing for their coach if if they care about that, and that's it, another whole other story altogether. I don't think he's lost the locker room, by the way. It's Sorry, cool to see those those <laughs> national brands in person. I agree with that. The Texases, the Oklahomas, even though you hate them, when you see the flags run out of the locker room, it's like, all right, I'm seeing this in person. It's pretty mm-hmm, cool. mm-hmm. that that is a thing. I'm with you on that. And, to, and for the players to actually like know that, hey, I'm I'm going to be able to tell guys I played against Texas, Oklahoma, like a giant blue blood of college football, big deal. Um, and they're not the best this year. They're okay. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is a pretty good quarterback, and they've been better with him. But they're definitely beatable. It'd be nice to see JT get on track. It would be. And you know something that they mentioned, um, Neil mentioned in the presser, which was they didn't run Justin Johnson enough. And I'm thinking, yeah, you didn't. He had a great game in the opportunities that he got Saturday against Iowa State. Give him the rock more on Saturday. And it's not like there was any issue with the score being what it was. Like, they didn't have to resort to the pass. They just did. And it didn't work. I wonder if that was checks, which we'll never know. Um or if it was actual play calls themselves. But, yeah, the balance could have been there. And I think every time we gave Johnson an opportunity to run the the ball, he did pretty well. Um, Against that Sooner Rush defense, I think he's going to have an opportunity to have a good game if we allow him to. Is Mathis going to be back? Do we know about that yet? I was going to ask the same question, but we could definitely use him. No, they had Jalen Anderson and Mark Rucker down in Ames. They didn't use him, not once. It was it was only Justin Johnson toting the rock. So, obviously, they only have so much confidence in Johnson, and that's it. So, if we can get Mathis back, that would at least help because we got to get something moving on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Got to be able to run the football in, in this game. And that's the, been one of our biggest bread and butters of the whole entire season, one of the things that we've, for the most part, been able to do relatively consistently. I mean, we got to get that back, or we got nothing. Yeah, absolutely, because our receivers just don't seem to be able to separate or make the play enough on a one-on-one battle to to actually solidify any drives and to sustain them. So that's a problem. Uh, CJ, Mike, you guys got anything you want to add about the game this week, or we just we're just so far past it at this point? I, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'm pretty past it. I mean, if you watched the performance in Ames, I, I know it's a great defense over there, but it was th- still a three and five club, and 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 again, just just not competitive. And and yeah, you're in it for three quarters, but you you don't really put up much of a fight. Uh, abysmal from the offense. And and you can say what you want about the defense, but they still blew it in the fourth quarter, three touchdowns in a row, and then you're out of there with a loss. I know I'm dwelling on last week. Oklahoma uh, has had its struggles this year, not uh, typical Brent Venables 
Clemson caliber defense. Obviously, they're going to have opportunities, the Mountaineers are, but they're probably going to blow them. Uh, JT Daniels' decline of play, we've talked about it at length tonight, is a point of concern for me. Um, I think he's not living up to the billing, and there's just no reason for me to bet on this team. I think that's irresponsible. I've got Oklahoma 35-21. to Yeah, I mean, I, I God, Mike, pretty much my score. Um, <laughs> almost. I, I had 24 instead of 21. But, um, you know, this isn't kind of the Oklahoma team of old. This isn't a Brett Venables defense that you've come to expect over the last handful of years because of what he had at Clemson. Um, and I think some of that's just kind of the learning curve of all of it. But, you know, kind of at the same time, the injuries have racked up. The inconsistencies have just been there. The the boneheaded mistakes, the ones that continue to, to pop up at the wrong time. I, I think this team comes out and fights with some pride. I just don't know if it's quite enough. Um, I don't know how much stock 18 to 22-year-old kids really put into to fighting for their head coach, his job. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe that does play. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I just – you look at this team and kind of where they've been, and it almost – it almost feels like the close calls and the, the close bounce losses have just over the last couple of years almost kind of seems to be a roller coaster effect for this in that, oh, God, here we go again. Like, it, it doesn't seem to be, okay, we're close. Let's get one of these. It's almost – like you get into these and it's like, all right, well, how's this? Like, it's almost that yips and golf, like, all right, well, how are we going to screw this up? And that's almost the feel I get is the, okay, we're, we're not close to pulling it out. We're just finding ways to screw it up and not win. And I just feel like that comes back again on Saturday. Yeah. It's like deja vu all over again with the L's. Yeah, face each other. I'll say this: if we lose, it's open season in the press conference. Enough, enough playing, Mister Nice Guy. No more, Mister Nice Guy. No more, Mister Clean. No more, Mister Nice Guy. They say he's sick. He's a sick guy. I'm, I'm going right. <laughs> Oh, Is my. it bad that given the circumstances, like, I'm not going to be completely torn up if we lose just for that reason? Are you talking like make sports center go in? I, I can't control his reaction. I'm just going to be direct. I, I, I'm not going to frame things nicely. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask why. Why is this happening? We're not leaving until you give me an answer. More or less. Because, <laughs> I mean – It'd be nice if we could get one and not just some long-winded – he, he makes so many excuses. He's such an excuse maker. Such and such is hurt. Hey, blah, blah, blah hasn't played here. We got to do this. We got to do that. Good coaches don't make excuses. And not enough next one. man up for you, Mike. I mean, he doesn't have that many men at any level, so it doesn't really matter. But I mean, yeah, you would you would like to have somebody that that would own it rather than just listing all the reasons why it's hard. But it is hard, Mike. 
he he does kind of tell you what's going on and why things aren't working a lot. He's he's very candid. But how many solutions are in there? That's a good point. And that's, I think that's the rub. And I, I don't think any of us are anti Neil Brown as far as like the kind of person he is. Yes, Zach. Yes. And and I want to say real quick and I want you to get back to it. He said it today. He said, the hardest part is telling my kids that this isn't personal. They're just not happy with the product and the brand they're seeing. So when they add us, they're not, it's not personal. And I feel like that's the case and why, like, if he comes back, guys, let's root for the best. Let's be there. Let's see what happens. Instead of like, we got to burn down the state. But Zach, go back, buddy. My Look. feelings towards Neil are very much personal. <laughs> <laughs> Brutality. Well, hey, I mean, but but uh, now that we know that, Zach, what do you what do you got to say? I I can't really add to that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that. Yes, he has a tendency to, you know, say what sounds good. Definitely, I, I think excuses are probably the word. Like that's that's what it is. Some of them are valid. I mean, having your most of your defense or a lot of your defense completely depleted, especially on the back end, it's hard to overcome. It's almost but like he's too honest. Mike, yes, but to Mike's credit, by that same token. If you had recruited to the point that, you know, it had kind of been believed that you had, then you'd be able to kind of – you'd be more prepared to fill those needs despite injury. You know what I'm saying? Your depth Mm -hmm. would have been developed more so over the course of four years to where it wouldn't have been as disastrous as it has been. So I I understand Mike's point completely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly to the – Fact where and Zach, I want to get to your prediction in the mind so we can talk about other things too. Basketball <laughs> for the love of God. Yeah, exactly. Um, but oh man, and you just saying basketball just got me real excited for that. So I almost just forgot what I said before the prediction part of it. So, uh, man, what what were we talking about right before basketball? Because I do want to get to basketball. Just <laughs> you know him having built enough depth over four yeah. years to. Try oh no! I, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I'll roll through there. Hey, it, it really is the fact that it's one position group in particular that absolutely got destroyed by the portal, and the young kids are just not fully there yet. It's the secondary, right? And then losing a phenomenal pass rusher kills your kills your defense. Your offense wasn't really that great from the skill position perspective yet. Some of these guys you've seen. Young guys are really coming, but they're not quite there yet. You had to get a stopgap at quarterback. It was working. Now it's not. That's the season in a nutshell. Had chances to win some games. You didn't. You're three and six now. Probably going to see him back next year. Hope for better. That's in the end what it is. I'll go ahead and Zach, and I'll let you get the final one. I'll let you get the final prediction this time. All right. I'm going to say the Mountaineers are going to win Saturday. It's going to be kind of the the too late type win for Neil. They are going to get it done. It's going to be a sloppy game to some extent for Oklahoma. And in reality, what's Oklahoma playing for? You know, 
I think if we stop Gray in the running game, which I think we can at home, the crowd kind of being excited, maybe we're able to do a, a decent job on Gabriel too. Weather's supposed to be kind of chilly. What a 43, I believe. Hey, so, Blaine, Blaine I'll, I'll let you finish, but I'm going to interject real quick. Yes. Oklahoma's plan to preserve the perfect conference versus West Virginia record. Oh, okay. I bet those kids are so stoked if, for that. Yeah, if oh, Neil's oh. pushing that, you don't think they're pushing that? Come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, also, I bet that's from the top of Renable's bullet board material. Also, a win makes them bowl eligible. Yeah. I don't think that matters to those guys, quite frankly, CJ. Because I think they're going to – they're going to get it anyway, more than likely. Venables is trying to get revenge for Dabo. That's his motivation. <laughs> all, the, all the way back from from the glory from the glory days. Well, uh, that was period, his, they were and the boys. No, it wasn't. It wasn't his defense. Nah, that was before. It was pre Brent Venables. Yeah, that, yeah. that started Brent Venables. He should thank us. He, he <laughs> we got it. This job. Hey, and this might be the turning point in his season. Um, they are coming off a loss, though, too. Uh, I think we'll play inspired. I think we'll cover. I think we can win. I hope we do win. Oh, God. I, I, I'll, I'll take, I'll, and I'm also going to take the over for sure. I'm going to go Whew. Mountaineers. Over to get after this. that offensive performance? Yikes. Because I, I, I think their defense is pretty bad, too. So, uh, the over is in Oklahoma scores 50. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Sorry, it's, I couldn't help myself. It is so hard to be positive and try and and try and get and try and will yourself to win this week with the way that looked last week. Yeah, no but uh, you know what? I'm going to take it back. I think we are going to cover, but I'll go Oklahoma to win it. Ah, Oklahoma to win it. it. Uh, I can't, man. I can't. Damn to be it. quite honest with you, I can't. Oklahoma 38, West Virginia 34. They'll probably win it on like a last second play or something. Something that just rips our hearts out even more, or doesn't even rip our heart out. Actually, no heart uh, left to rip. Actually, would make me real excited because then Mike would get to go in there and and really shred some stuff. Yeah, uh, really uh, get after it. You know, tell us how uh, it really feels. So. I, I just so. think it's to the point to where it's like I, I've wanted to exploit the guy, but I've also wanted to be fair because I, I don't want to be critical of somebody if I'm not clearly better at my job than that person. But it's getting <laughs> to the point to where I don't know if, if you can be as bad at your job. You 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 need to reevaluate some things if you are. And so if if you're if you're a three and whatever coach and you're talking to me, I think it I can ask you whatever. I, I feel like Blaine on his prediction went to like the, the, the Kenny Steele's game where he caught the slant for the touchdown to beat us. I feel like that's where you're headed with that last second play there, Blaine. Yeah, man. I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like for some odd reason, like for just because it's us and we want to beat him in the conference so bad, we want to send him out a loser. We won't, and that's that'll be that. And then we'll probably come back and beat like Kansas State next week somehow ridiculously. Well, we'll we'll always have the Fiesta Bowl. Yes, we will, and the Hostetler game. Zach. What do you got for prediction, buddy? Because let's because we want to get to the to the Neil Brown search and hoops. For the love of God, we want to talk hoops. I'm a little bummed because you are now making me be the lone wolf yet again. So you were picking us, really? Yeah. What the hell? Why not? <laughs> I've got a psychology hasn't some worked here lately, and yeah. well, it almost did versus TCU. It yeah. almost did. 
The only thing I've really gotten to go right for me over the past month is my reverse jinx against Baylor. That's all you know I got. what, Zach? You know what? Yeah, oh, 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 yeah, come on, come on. I know where you want to go. No, no, no. Oh, I'm okay. just I'm gonna say to hell with it. Let my positivity reign supreme. Actually, I'm coming with you because no. I picked us to beat Baylor too. The okie doke, okie doke. The I picked us to beat West Virginia 38 to 34. I'm throwing the mask. The I'm shooting off play. the musket Corso style. Are you coming with me? Are we riding together here? Uh, I think I'm going to pick Oklahoma now. No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. No, we can we can do it together. West Virginia will win this football game, not only because they just absolutely have to, not only because they got to get a win against Oklahoma finally, but because me and my tailgate crew are rocking mustaches for the game. First time I've ever worn a mustache in my life. West Virginia wouldn't bum that out. I'm not letting it happen. I'm willing it to happen. <laughs> West Virginia, 45. Oklahoma, 42. 42. Walk off. Casey Leg, Book it. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you you went to my school on that. Yep. Couldn't help it. <laughs> Hopefully Casey Leg has a mustache. Casey Leg from 45. Oh, pushing us out of 40 finally. Yes. Let me ask you guys this. Would you rather have every single Big 12 conference game to Oklahoma that we've lost or the Fiesta Bowl win? I'll take that Fiesta Bowl all day. Runaway beer truck. I'm right there. Our our boy, Owen. I'd I'd trade all of them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade one of them. I'm with you. 100%. 100%. Hey, what coaches are you trading for, Neil Mike? Let's, Let's hear it. What coach? I mean, my list hasn't changed. It's uh, Deion Sanders one, Jimbo Fisher two, Rich Rod three. Guys, you don't need to check your watch to know it. It's time. You don't need your mama to tell you, your father to tell you, your friends, family members, or loved ones to know that it's time. Okay. I'm okay. taking Matt Rule. One and done. I, I I like I like the Matt Rule. That that's not a bad one. That's one we have have mentioned. I think like right when he first got kind of canned, wouldn't wouldn't be against Matt Rule. Season, right. you're leaving us. In yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm leading you into a name that I thought over the weekend, and I so badly wanted to send it in our group text. I thought no, I want to save it for this moment because I want the the true live blind reaction. He's a guy that's gettable, and he's won everywhere he's been. Brian Harson? No, hold on. <laughs> Career record one eighty-seven and. Oh, 32. you said one. He said one everywhere he's been. Apologies. One, yes, yes. He's won everywhere he's been. Four different conferences. One eighty-seven and thirty-two. He's currently sitting at Fox with nothing else to do. Oh, for God's sake! Why not call Urban Meyer? Oh my! Do you wait, really wait, think wait, wait. you? Wait, 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 wait. And that's wait. all, folks. We'll see you next week. Wait, no, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Granted, what went down in Jacksonville was bad, but think bad. about it. Bad? Okay, yes, but hold up. If we were really willing to entertain Hugh Freeze and whatever God's name is going on at College Station with Jimbo Fisher. Let, let's, I, let's. I'm with you on that. If, if we're going to entertain those guys, why not entertain Urban? Right. Or Urban's just not never, entertain any of them. Okay, but Urban's never had less than an eight-win season. He's won in the Mid-American. He's won in the Mountain West. He's won in the Southeast, and he's won in the Big Ten. Hell, he went to Ohio State with a team with literally nothing to play for, could not play in the postseason, went 12-0. and 
Can we yeah, see but... what Fox is paying him? No, probably not. No, think not. probably <laughs> not. But think about it. He's made all that money. Why? Why not? Why would he, he really? It? Yeah, yeah that's my why he would do it. Yeah, I'm with you, Zach. Why does he want to coach at West Virginia? Okay, think about Sell it. Tell me, CJ, on this. Okay, I can't. my brain exploded. Okay, and that's fine. That's kind of what I was going for. But what I'm saying is, is if we're gonna, you know, it, 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 it's not any crazier than Dion. No, it's it is. It is. So, I think. Dion is realistic, I think. But here's my thing. If you're Urban and you could really spin this and think about it, all coaches, especially guys like Urban, have the big ego. Think about it. You want it Florida. You want it Ohio State, right? You want Are we either of those schools? Okay. Are we either of those schools in any way? No, we're not. But neither is Bowling Green in Utah. He won it. Think about it. You come into the Big 12 and you win with a team in West Virginia that's not kind of a blue blood. What okay, submits your legacy in the college ranks more than that? Let's think about it from this perspective. You mentioned Bowling Green in Utah. Okay, fine. That's where he started. Then he went up to Florida. Then he went up to Ohio State. Then he went up to the NFL. Why in the hell would he go back to coaching for West Virginia, for a West Virginia job? Why? Okay, well, let's be honest. How many people are really knocking on his door? How many people does he want to knock on his door? Yeah, I don't okay. think he wants anybody to knock on his door. Okay, and that might be a fair question. And I'm not saying he answers the call. What I'm saying is, is does it hurt to make the phone call? Yeah. Well, hey, why don't we call Nick Saban at it while we're at it, too? That seems like a horrible PR decision. Uh, I don't care about the name. I think that, I don't know. I guess in light of recent events, that kind of stuff can be overseen, especially as time goes on. I don't want that guy as my head coach, personally. But I mean, I'm just saying, it, but okay, but you'd want a guy in Jimbo who went to A&M and, quite frankly, that is a that. dumpster fire. But would you be okay with Jimbo? No. Okay. I've okay. said that from the beginning. Okay, and that's and and that's fair. But all I'm saying is, is but when he's more important than high moral fiber, the names that we've put out there is to me. I don't know if Urban's any crazier. Plus, it's a it. He's a guy that's won at the Power Five, which is what we've said we'd really like to see. Why not entertain the idea, Mike? Are you going to comment on this insanity or what? Oh, I would absolutely love Urban Meyer. That's a (laughs) no-brainer. Thank you. Again, winning is more important than high moral fiber. You have an awkward press conference, you get it out of the way, and then you've got the best recruiter. And quite frankly, one of the top, what, three or four coaches of our generation at the helm. That would be amazing. And I think the West Virginia community would protect Urban Meyer if he was winning. The problem is, is that he went Ohio State to NFL and then nobody cares. You know, his misconduct is blasted out to the universe where prior prior was swept under the rug before we're going to do what it takes to make sure that urban Meyer uh, gets what he needs just as far as keeping it in house. If you know what I'm saying? Wow. I mean, they did it with rich. So that would be amazing. Well, and here's my thing. You you talk about the misconduct Fox hired him back with no hesitation. There's like literally it came out, he got fired, and then it died. Well, I, I mean, if you think, think about it, the misconduct was somebody just sitting on his lap. It was it was it was not it was not a good look, but it's not some a reason why someone shouldn't be able to probably be, have a job, I guess, so to speak, right? You can still make a living. Okay, I think there's more to it than that. I it's think not like he took his, you're probably his right. own plane 
I don't, back to his yeah, bar in Ohio instead of going back on the plane with the team. <laughs> okay, but you guys are good point. All we good. know is a picture, though. That's all we know for sure, that's, right? That's all we know is a picture, and and okay. like this is this might get us thrown into anger jail. But you guys are acting like I threw out Art Bryle's name. Well, we all know where he is. That's what I okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, does Urban come? Probably not. Can you afford him? No, probably not. But if you're Shane Lyons, pick up the damn phone. Like, if, okay, I got another Fox broadcaster for you guys. Okay, I know where you're headed, but I, and I okay, go ahead. Taylor Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jeff Saturday got a job, so who knows? Um, There's always no, a West Virginia connection. I, there is. I I would be very interested in picking up the phone and looking into Mark Helfrich. Ooh, quite the I don't know the fit. I don't know the recruiting things, but man, the guy wanted Oregon, and he won big at Oregon. Okay, um, not not quite the name I thought you were going to go with, but not a bad one. I, I don't know. He's. I feel like he could be a guy that could win for us, and he he was a winner. No one else has really called him. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason no one's I, called him, but I, I got another Fox name for you, and I'm wondering if maybe he's just been out of it too long. But is Chris Peterson still maybe a guy people are talking about? Well, I mean, he, he left Washington because he wanted to step away. Right. He was getting older there, you know, after he had the nice run at Boise. I don't think Chris Peterson's the guy. It was, I don't know. Helfrich, I think, is a little bit younger. Yeah, probably. Here's a question. Mike, do you think if Neil talked really nicely about Matt Campbell, he would come? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, if, if, if he wrote him a love letter or something. Hey, and another speaking, one? hey, but guys, uh, uh, seriously, a uh, serious another candidate here that was has former Big Twelve roots. Just kind of thinking about it. What about Gary Patterson? Has Texas recruiting roots? Hell of a winner. Brings you a little backbone defensively. I, I worry about because because we have said it in the in the past with some other guys we've talked about. That does the age worry you a little? Nah, I don't know. Not really. Anymore. I I'm, mean, I'm really not sure what the answer is here. I don't really know amongst these hires that we've thrown out there would be the best one. Is, he, is he younger than Joe Biden? <laughs> yes. Is anyone older than Joe Biden? <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Might see a birth certificate. I don't know for sure. <laughs> It is election night. We're allowed to throw a couple politicians' names out. <laughs> oh my God! Can we please talk about basketball? Uh, yeah, I think I think it is time. There's no there's no reason. West Virginia's going to right? win Saturday, and that's all that matters. Yes. Hey, let's talk and Friday. Basketball. Let's talk about yes. Let's talk basketball. Um, basketball Jones. I got a basketball Jones. I got a basketball Jones. Ooh, baby. Then one day his mom brought him a basketball. And I love that basketball. I took that basketball everywhere I went. You know what? That basketball was like a basketball to me. Come on, you cheerleader. Pretty excited. Watch us play twice now. I don't care who you're playing. 
when you can hold a team to fifth, essentially 15 points and a half, I'm pretty excited about that. The better Mountaineers won on Monday. Yeah, that this one's been tough. Like, it's almost a tough one to evaluate. Um, yeah, Zach and I had texted earlier on this because the second half was such – there was no real rhythm to it. it it's really kind of hard to – I mean, that ended up being a free-throw shooting contest, essentially. Which was nice that we had a pretty good showing at. Yeah. yeah. It is nice that we made some. I, I do like this team. I, I think the identity of this team is more to what Huggins wants. Um, I, I'm going to stick with my statement. I, I think that it's going to take a little bit for this team to really kind of gel together. But I, I love kind of what I saw out of this team. They're hard-nosed. They're not afraid of anybody. I mean, heck, Eric Stevenson sticking his nose in a huddle. Yeah, <laughs> let's not do that again, by the way. Yeah, let's not do that again. I'm not advocating for it, but I kind of like that hard nose in that, you know, like guys are talking, like he's not going to allow other people just to, you know, say whatever they want. Like he's kind of that enforcer almost, but I I I liked what I saw out of them identity wise. Yes, exactly, CJ. The DNA of West Virginia basketball is Yeah, it's just, it's really tough to get a feel coming out of that game because of the officiating was so ticky tack. And the opponent. That too. Now, you know, Warren Baker made a good point during the broadcast. He said, officials sometimes do this so you don't get bad habits. Yes. Maybe we should actually try and do that this this time around instead of being so damn physical with teams that were more physical than to begin with. But I guess that's how we play. Tough to, to change that on a dime, I guess. The, the officials well, are and, notorious at the beginning of the season for calling it really tight. It's just yeah, because by the time you get into conference play, a lot of that stuff they're going to let go. I mean, it – And they got to get in the flow of it, too. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to sell them short. Well, and, and, and they're coming out of clinics and camps where they're told, to, hey, this is what we really want to focus exactly. on. And they spend the first – Points of emphasis. After the season really hammering on that. So I mean, I think one of the points of emphasis was calling every – effing moving screen that resembled a moving screen. Yeah, especially on us, it felt like. Mo Waggy was like, what What am I doing? What do I got to do here? Well, as long as they continue to do that when you get in Big 12 play, because, you know, there's Kansas and Baylor have always been god-awful at that, never getting it called. They won't get it called, don't worry. Yeah, true, good point. But no, I, I'm in agreement. I think the – and it's one game. It's one actual game that counts towards your record. But I think – just given the roster and what you could tell from the 40 minutes that we've seen, that that team is going to give effort and play defense as best they can. They may miss assignments on their rotations, which they've done for years. I mean, yep. leaving guys open on cross-court passes, letting guys hey. drop baseline pass. Hey, Hugs, what was it about rotations again? We talked about making rotations. We were going to make rotations last I'm game. Make made shots. rotations. He literally led off the press conference with talking about rotations, and I about lost. Did he really? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even listen to it. Oh yeah, the post game, game press game. conference. Like, God, first thing was we didn't make rotations, and, and I that's, just that's lost true. it. Yeah, and that's been the case for years. But when you play, <laughs> when you overcommit so much and you really try and fly around on defense, that's kind of what happens. That's why that's been a thing for so long at least with the teams of Huggins that did play defense. Right. And this team's going to play defense. And they're going to rebound because we've yes. got some length across the board. And that's that's what Huggins teams traditionally have done. 
if they can get any semblance of offense from the guys that they have that can provide it, it was there. And you know what's was, funny? You, Mitchell did did his thing in I like limited him. minutes. And we got to get no him in practice. Shape. Yeah, exactly. None. I really like you. You mentioned the core right there, the trio of the big guys and their ability to rebound. Really liked what I saw out of the big O. Now we're gonna call him that, James Akando. Man, Akonquo. That's so bad. Thank you, Zach. Somebody said um, Okinawa the other day. I don't know who it was, but now I do have Waggy down though. Muhammad Waggy. Yeah. Loved what I saw out of him. I, I would have loved to have seen him on that breakaway dunk, though, because uh, that place was ready to just come unhinged. It was. Oh, no doubt. He'll get that one back. But, man, and wh- one his, thing he just kind of counter – yeah, he's he's raw, but he's he's got a lot, of, a lot of athleticism, a lot of bounce, and he's honestly – he's not terribly goofy, if that makes any sense. Like, for somebody who's as raw as he is – He's got good footwork. He he feels skilled. Jumps, he right? times his jumps well. Yeah, he's got decent touch around the rim. Obviously, he needs to learn how to dribble, but that <laughs> that'll come. And one thing I noticed, I was looking through the roster, and I think I knew this already, but it kind of escaped me until I looked at the roster today. Amongst all the transfers we have that are going to be gone after this year, Mo is a sophomore. So see somebody we'll get to bring back. Hopefully next year, as long as the transfer portal doesn't claim him, he'll be a guy we can retain, and he'll be a guy that'll be an impact player for us for a while. I think. I think that he's got a lot of potential. Oh yeah, he, 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 yeah, he just he oozes it, and I, and I understand what you're saying, Zach. Is you, you, sometimes you get guys that are raw; they look very kind of like newborn deer, like exactly. Very, just kind of trying to figure it out. He looks very fluid um, at this point now. It's just the light bulb to come on with with the raw athleticism that he possesses. Um, but I, I do like this team. But I, I did find myself kind of chuckling watching the game at times, especially when they put the camera on Hugs. Over under five smiles from Hugs this year. Hmm. Over. I don't know. I feel like I'm taking the under. He'll probably smile at some dumb shit that a ref did. <laughs> so it's not. It's not like a happy smile. It's like a smart ass smile. Okay, let's go happy smile then. I Actually, think he's I'm... more jovial, guys, than he used to be, and I think that helps us. Huggy you bears re- getting soft in old age. You remember the year we had with Deuce and those guys? Like, you know, something I saw. It very interesting. You you bring that up about him kind of smiling and not smiling. He's not going to have to be the policeman on this team. Emma Matthews is that guy. Saw him in the huddles getting after guys, mm-hmm. kind of talking to them. Love that. There should yeah. be leadership yes. within the roster on this team. It I shouldn't believe... only have to be the coaches. Exactly. I and think... that's one of the reasons we talked about when he – I'm sorry to interrupt. When we first found out he was coming back, that was one of the main things that I was excited about, having somebody who knows what Huggins wants to do. Somebody besides Keedy Johnson who's been around for more than one year who knows the expectation, who knows the system, who knows what needs to be done for them to be successful. And that was that was something that I'm glad to have seen him do early, take control in that huddle. Absolutely. And, and you didn't even see hugs in the picture. It was Emmett right. pointing out, telling people what was going on. You add that in with the fact that Stevenson's his boy and that he was a Frank Martin guy and a, a Greg Marshall Wichita guy. So he's used to tough coaching. He's going to be able to acclimate to that really quickly. Toussaint 
has already said, he likes our system more than Iowa already. And I loved his handles, by the way, man. He was very, very um, impressive with the basketball there on Monday night. I was I was pleasantly surprised with what I thought uh, we were getting out of Toussaint. Um, he, he has a tendency to pound the air out of us sometimes, but I think that he'll he'll come around. But you know what, Zach? It feels like he's getting somewhere with it compared to yeah. most guards that we've had. Like I feel like I'm okay with him kind of trying to get to the rim, to the rim a little bit. Like Not it like didn't look lot. bad, and he's yeah. intense. Like he he brings it. We we've got guys though that I don't think it's going to take us long to gel together. To your point, CG, you brought this up a bunch. I think we're we're going to be there a lot sooner than you think, and I'm excited to see how we look Friday night against Pitt. Should be able to win that one, right, without relative mm-hmm. uh, difficulty. I'm hopeful at least, right? They're they're not very good. No, and they're missing some guys from what I understand, some key players. But it's it's the first real test we'll have, and it'll be the first road game going to Peterson. I, I think that it'll be a relatively easy win, but you just never know. I mean – these guys are still getting in the swing of things. They're going to really have to work on taking care of the ball, which Huggins talked about from the beginning. He said that this team has a problem with turnovers. That came to pass on Monday. That's that's going to need some improvement. Hey, but, you know what's funny, though? I saw a lot of um, live ball turnovers trying to get the break going, which I was okay with. And that's one thing I was going to bring up earlier when we talked, when CJ brought up the comment about Mo gaffing on the the dunk we didn't really have any any fast break offense last year none like we never got out of the fast break we did everything in the half court and it's not like huggins's half court offense has always been the best they got out and ran quite a few times and one of the one of the reasons why you have guys like matthews like stevenson keity obviously is a point guard but he's got a little more length for that position you know, even even Mitchell, you've got guys who can get a rebound around the rim and just take off with it. They don't have to find a guard. They can just go. That really helps establish a fast break game. We yeah. have a lot of versatility, and we've talked about that a lot, and that's one of the things that excites me the most. But I yeah, just don't cause... know what the lineup combinations are going to be. How is he going to play everybody? I'm really interested to see how these minutes are distributed throughout the season. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. And, and to your point, I, I think I agree with that because it, it it's been a while since you've had, you know, bigs who could you know essentially get the ball and then and then get it up the floor. And you know, I mean, you got a guy in with with Emmett and Stevenson. Those are guys that can get in there, you know, crash the boards. Have shown the ability to do that, you know, previously. Um, but then having a guy like Mitchell who can get you know, grab a rebound and push it up the floor. I, mean, I think it's been a while since we probably had a four that could do that. I mean what Nate may be the last one, like your true four that could get a rebound and initiate the and, break. And he wasn't moving too up. fast. No, but you know, you, you had a guy who was kind of cerebral, smart enough to, to at least, you know, be able to put it on the deck right. a couple of times and then get it out and really get, get running with it. Yeah, that absolutely. See jamming and and guys, I'm real excited to see, uh, at least one face on the other team there on uh, on Friday night. Old Fetty. Fetty Federico. Fetty Federico. 
got 13 points to seven boards for the Panthers in their uh, opener there. It was six to seven from the floor. And then an Iowa State guy in Blake Henson. So, like, this is going to be a little more of a test than I think maybe I initially thought it was. I mean, I feel like we should go in there and win, but the Pete's no joke. If they had Hughley, I'd be a little more concerned just adding that exercise for them. But it doesn't seem like he's going to come back from that injury that's kept him out for a little while. So that should give us a little edge, especially because we've got we've got some depth at big. And I, I kind of want to touch on that real quick, too. I don't know what you all thought amongst the three bigs between Jimmy Bell, Mowagi, and Okonkwo. I, I think, and it's only one game, I understand, but just from what I saw, and I mean, Bell had 12 minutes, Wagi had 20, Okonkwo had 15. <clears throat> and that kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm, what I'm about to say. I think Bell might end up being the odd man out amongst those three as far as minutes distribution. Like, he'll probably get the fewest amongst the three, in my opinion, just from what I've seen. Only because I don't really know what Bell brings to the table besides rebounds. And he he's really not good with the ball. He isn't a especially good shot blocker. Like he's not explosive off the floor. He's tough and physical getting rebounds, yes. But like Wagi can do a little around the basket. He right. gets rebounds. He's a rim protector. A Conquo rebounds. You know, has a pretty Pretty good athleticism. And Best shot blocker than three, too. I think him and Wagi are competitive with, for that title. We'll, we'll have to see after a little while who who kind of rises from the cream as far as that's concerned. But Okonkwo can step out and shoot, and that's the biggest thing that sets him apart from those three. That's I think their versatility and what they bring to the table will allow them to gain more minutes than Bell. I just I wasn't super impressed by him, but you know it might take time for him to act on that. That's, that's what I'm thinking too, Zach on Bell's. That's going to take a minute, and I think he's still trying to get comfortable getting deep enough to catch it where they wanted to catch it, right? Yeah. Although I will say this too, Waggy made a couple of nice moves underneath the basket. I was real impressed with him. Real impressed with him. Plus, you got to no. think Pat Sumner's still coming back, and you're going to have to throw in some minutes for this Perez kid. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The minister distribution is going to be super interesting to watch. And one more thing about the bigs, Bell and Woggy are both going to have to figure out how not to foul so damn much. I mean, they were both hacking. <laughs> but again, you know, they came from the JUCO ranks, so they've got to they got to get adjusted to the speed. So I th- I think they'll both be fine, but it helps having that depth where if you do get one in foul trouble, you're not you're not hurting too bad. Well, and, and what do we think about the um the sophomore guards coming back, Kobe Johnson and Seth Wilson on Monday? I, they played a lot of minutes. Yeah, I I like the Wilson got it going a little bit. It is during a stretch, hit some shots. Um, Kobe doesn't do anything extravagant. But like he just he makes good plays. He's he's good with the ball. He's got some length. He can get in there and rebound. I I like them personally. They're gonna be they're gonna be good bench contributors. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think to your point, Zach. You know the, the minutes distribution for everybody is gonna be kind of interesting to watch. But I think that's what's really gonna be good for this team too. Is is the depth that they have, especially with the bigs. 
I mean, there were times last year, you know, when the bigs got into trouble, it just completely fluxed everything. And I, I, I know, yeah, you don't want your bigs picking up a bunch of fouls, but I think when you have that many fouls to kind of distribute, you can, you can just pretty much live with the aggressive and, and let the rest of it kind of figure itself out. You know what I really like? I think I'm with you too on that, ZJ, about being able to spread and be able to use more fouls, be more physical, protect that rim a little bit. I, I'm okay with us matchup base, you know, whether whether we're going to play certain guys. And also just kind of just figuring out as you go what this team's going to be. We got a Hall of Fame coach to do it, but we have the level of talent necessary this year. Whereas I'm not sure at times last year we really had what it took to compete in that league. I think these guys are on a talent perspective much more talented and skilled than what we saw last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, because you look in the portal, we added, you know, guys, you know, obviously with Emmett coming back, you know, Power 5 experience between us and Washington. Um, Tursant, you know, at Iowa, that's Power 5 experience. These aren't guys coming up into the Big 12 that it's it's a little bit different of a game. It's a little, you know, the, these guys understand kind of what what big-time basketball looks like. I think that that to me, I think is the biggest difference with this roster is you got, you've got some guys that, you know, really understand it. Agreed. And I think, you know, two of the guys you didn't mention between Stevenson and Mitchell mm-hmm. have that D one experience as well. I mean, power five, big time basketball, like they, they know what it's like. And we've got, we've got transfers this season that we didn't have last season. And there were plenty of them last season as well, but they just weren't on the level of, the guys that we have now, the biggest thing now is just going to be getting that continuity and establishing the rotation to where, you know, you get in a rhythm guys know, you know, what their role is and it may be different than what they, you know, from where they came previously, but it just takes time to get that going. And with it being a tough non-conference, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of time for, you know, there'll be games where you have opportunities like on Monday where you just get pretty much everybody in except for, you know, you got Josiah Davis who didn't see any time. You got Jamel King who didn't see any time. But everybody else saw the floor that was healthy. But when you're playing in these games in Portland and maybe even on Friday against Pitt, you may just be playing your rotation guys. And that may be 10-11 deep. I mean, you may still be seeing the same situation you saw on Monday as far as who all plays, but the minutes distribution, like I keep saying, is going to be really interesting. And I hope that Trey Mitchell continues to get more and more healthy because I am extremely excited about what he can bring because we have to have him contribute a lot of offense. And he, given the fact that he has almost practiced none and his conditioning isn't where it needs to be yet, 13 points in 14 minutes, you know, he, we'll take that. He's, he's going to have to be the guy that makes that side of the ball go. He's just very smooth. He's very, very, very fluid. smooth. Yeah. You can do it inside and out. And with with the length that you have across the board, you can get a lot of different kind of lineups depending on the teams you're playing. Like you can you can put Mitchell to three or four, put Woggy and Akonkwo in and have a really big lineup, or you can put Mitchell to four or five, go a little smaller. Like you've got a lot of lineup versatility, and I personally love that. 
Hey, and you know, you, you talked about the non-conference part of the schedule right now. It's so tough. I will say this. The way that uh, PK turned Portland, it's kind of nice the fact that we either earn a chance to play Gonzaga by beating Purdue or we fall back with Portland State and then we gear up for the Sunday game. So, like, worst-case scenario, we come out of that thing one and two, but a very good chance you can win two games out there. And if you win two, well, then that means that you 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 had a you had a huge win on a Sunday game, and you beat Purdue, right? Like, so the worst case is one and two. I'm excited to get out there and play. I think it'll be good for us. It's it's not going to be bad. Like losing out there is not going to kill our non-conference uh, profile for. Because we talked about this team, you know, with with the multiple lineups and, you know, the, the roster we have, does this team feel way more ahead athletically than last year's team? Just I would in say terms yeah. of athletic ability? I would say yes. Oh, yeah, well, it's, it's just – it's. I don't think it's close. Yeah, I mean, you have you have actual bodies that are meant to play at this level. Like, he, he, he got what he wanted. You knew he was going to get guys that were going to rebound and play defense. And we've got it. And you got him to come back. We're skilled. We're, right. we're going to be well, pretty I, good. I knew, yeah, I knew he was going to go get hard-nosed guys and all of that. But it, it feels like not only did he get that, but he got, you know, athletic guys. Guys that can do multiple things. And I think that's it, that to me is the big glaring difference in this team versus last year. Is this team just one to five when they're on the floor looks so much more athletic. He used to do this all the time at Cincinnati. Yeah. He was he was kind of doing a version of the portal before the portal was the portal. I think that's why he's so comfortable in it now that he finally accepted it a little bit. That it's this way. Cause he cause he would always give JUCO kids a chance when I was just giving everybody a chance because everyone's giving everyone a chance. So why not? You know? And by the way, we also know we're not registering anybody anymore. Non basketball. That's been reiterated plenty of times it's a it's it's every year's a new year and you have a new team every year and i like what this team is going to be i'm real excited agreed as far as red shirts are concerned i would say that it's pretty much josiah davis jamel king's definitely on transfer watch considering he didn't see any time yesterday i would say that he's a candidate to go that direction just i said it last week i still feel that way um but everybody else is going to see the floor in some capacity. So we will have no shortage of bodies. We just got to figure out what to do with them. And the offensive side of the ball is the one concern for me still. But, I mean, when you have a lineup out there with, you know, Keedy's game is coming along, I think. He's always been more of a slasher type. I think his shot's coming along. His free throw stroke looks way better. It did against Bowling Green. It did again on, uh, on Monday. He made the two that he had. If he can, if he can contribute offensively, that'll be huge because he hasn't really hit to this point in his stint. Only a few games in double digits. Um, Matthews, I think, has taken a good step since he left and came back. He's more aggressive, has a better stroke, can get to the rim a little more at will than he used to be able to. You know, Mitchell, we've already discussed. He he's probably the best offensive player on the team, and I don't think it's close. Yeah, Stevenson has his abilities he can he can play a little inside now if he can get his stroke going 
Like you have guys that can score. Seth Wilson has the ability to score off the bench. Yeah. I mean, it's, Emmett it's looks there. confident too. By the way, he like, does, and we need that. Real need confident. That. And the guy, the pieces are there. We just got to see what we can do with them. And these guys accepting their roles, you know, having come from all these different places to work, to play together, that's what's really going to be the key and how quick you can make that happen. Hey, and we're going to get our first real, real kind of look at it Friday. Like, this is actually guys that physically some of them can match up with you. That hasn't happened yet. Excited to see how it happens. And, and obviously, it's an ESP edition, right? I mean, we're going to hear a lot of that on Friday. Eat shit pit. Wouldn't have it any other way. I think we'll dominate that. I'd be surprised. We'll probably have more people, almost as many people at, <laughs> at the basketball game as Pitt might. And then hopefully they're ready for Saturday in football too. No doubt. Absolutely. Going to make it a double dip. Uh, we're, we're due for some wins. We're due for some wins. That's that's for that's for sure. Well, fellas, I think we've uh we've fooled them again, right? Excited, excited for this weekend. We 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 can only go up from where we're at right now. That's for sure. And hey, Mike, Coach Prime, gonna come to town soon. I'm with you, buddy. All in on it or Matt Rule. It might be might be Neil Brown's final home game. You never know. We, we we're always looking at that. That's a possibility too. So I, I don't. It, can we get that much lower than this? Maybe we can, but yikes! <laughs> Let's I mean, find it out. Hasn't happened. <laughs> it's time to find out. How low can we go? <laughs> How low can you go? It was a great song. Let's hope not any lower. Y'all have a great weekend. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Touching hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you. Hey!